you find it at all disagreeable to find yourself and quite often your family on more or less constant view? Actually, uh, I feel that a star owes it to her public to to bring the public into her life. They they feel the fans feel that they kind of own you, and if you if you kept your life a complete secret, it wouldn't be fair to them. But my private life, and when I say private life, I mean private life, is always very private. All of the Bobbies is pretty. Damn. All of the Bobbies is bad. It girls, and we ain't playing tag. Rad, but he spank me when I get bad. I'm in LA, Voltaire Drive. I'm in New York, Madison Ave. I'm a Barbie girl. Pink Barbie dream house. Put your head on my shoulder. That you love me too. Hi, Liz. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Happy October. Happy October to you too. This is so cool. I didn't know this was possible on Spotify for podcasters. <laughs> yes, I love this feature. So this episode, guys, is about Jane Mansfield. What is one word you would use to describe Jane Mansfield? Hmm. That's a good question. Okay. Hmm. Honestly, strategic. Okay. She just had this way with her publicity stunts that she managed to become such a star in a short period of time. And she was able to compete a little bit with with Marilyn Monroe, who was, she was kind of made to be the, as 20th Century Fox uh, attempted, the working man's Marilyn. And she got a lot of publicity in a short period of time. And she didn't have too much, too long of a career, yet she is still talked about today. And she is still seen as this icon. I mean, even she doesn't have too many great films, but we're still talking about her. She's still an icon and people love her. Exactly. Um, I would, when I look at her, I would say Barbie. I yes. define her as Barbie, you know, the blonde hair, the, you know, the blonde sex symbol look, the pink car, you know, her beautiful pink, you know, and since she brought up films, um, I love The Girl Can't Help It, The Wayward Bus, and Too Hot to Handle. Those are my top three in that order. <laughs> Get your morning paper, man. No, thanks, honey. Can you tell me where I can find 341? 341? Second branch, though, man. Thanks, honey. Good morning, Mr. Miller. What are you doing in here? Why, what do you mean? You want my funeral included in Fats Newsreels? On your way. Oh, but Mr. Murdoch sent me over. He sent you? So you can start working on me. Honey, this is no place to start. 
Oh, I've been in men's bedrooms before. I grew up with seven brothers and a father. Besides, you're half-dressed already. I just watched The Girl Can't Help It last night, and I really liked that one. But I, it's funny because you were talking about Barbie, and I was looking at this pink palace, and all the... her her like just it was her signature color and mm-hmm. i wondered if she was the inspiration for barbie because she really if if the barbie film was made today she would be cast as barbie because she literally had the dream house the pink cadillac which was the only pink cadillac in hollywood <laughs> she was she really was the original barbie and i think her and marilyn and a few others of that time really influenced the the look of barbie Yes, and I'm so happy you brought that up. I think at that time, we had a lot of limitations. We have more freedom now, but I feel if if they created the Barbie movie back then, I feel like Jane Mansfield would have been the first successful actress to have major marketing ads, you know, showcasing a Barbie aesthetic, like, you know, the clothing line and catalogs or shoe line, makeup. Mm -hmm you know, in dolls brand deal. So that would have been cool. Women um, didn't do that back then. Yeah. And I think, I mean, she really would be, she would be the perfect person to play her. I mean, I know Marilyn is more famous and she is very much the, one of the most iconic women. But when I look, when I think about Barbie, I could definitely see, see Jane Mansfield in that role. Yes. And like you said, they probably were inspired by her because she she definitely gave um, life-size Barbie, for sure. Yes. And speaking of Marilyn, I feel like, you know, Jane Mansfield was talented. She was very gorgeous. She had it all. But I feel like the comparison, you know, being held to the Marilyn Monroe standard, even five years after, you know, Marilyn Monroe passed, the tabloids were still calling her the other blonde. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is what led her to want to get close to Anton LaVey, which, you know, he's the creator and founder of the Church of Satan. I I feel like, I don't know, this is my dad, felt like she really thought that he could help her become bigger. And I just felt like he sold her a dream because that next year, you know, the year after meeting him, she had that horrible accident. Yeah. That that was a really weird, uh, weird situation, and I wondered if because some people had said that he wasn't a strong enough magician to be able to have this kind of impact for all these terrible things to happen to her, and well, I guess ending with that accident. But of course, there's some things that happened after her death in her home that were a little weird. But <laughs> um, yeah, but that accident. Do you think? that he he had in the because he i read that i think it was in the article you sent about he's put a curse on her boyfriend yes okay. yes so do you think that that he actually that curse worked or do you think this is just a weird coincidence i think that okay it could be a weird coincidence but i don't think it's a curse I think um, that mm, he's one of those type of men that you that she should have avoided. 
And there's no telling what she could have had in her system during that accident. You know, he wasn't a great influence. Something along that line, but definitely not a curse. I feel like he yeah. was just a bad influence, probably giving her the wrong substances and coping mechanisms. But other than that, no. I don't think. But definitely to sum up their relationship, I would say wrong turn. I feel like he was the wrong yeah. person for her mm-hmm. to turn to. The head of the Church of Satan, Levy rose to fame for his research on the paranormal. He lived in the Black House with his pet tiger and a bevy of topless women. He lived by the motto, if you're going to be a sinner, be the best sinner on the block and regularly wore a black cloak and inverted pentagram. He supposedly gifted Mansfield with a medallion and dubbed her High Priestess of San Francisco's Church of Satan. The pair purportedly became lovers, although conflicting sources state that the coverage of their meeting by the press at the time was exaggerated. Mansfield and Levy seemed like an unlikely pair, but the two had plenty in common, they were both sex-positive and knew how to get the press's attention. So, was Mansfield a practicing Satanist? It's unlikely, considering she was in the process of converting to Judaism for Brody at the time of her passing. However, in a 1992 interview with Joan Rivers, Carla Levy, Anton's daughter, claimed that Mansfield most definitely joined the religion in the last year of her life. Carla also claimed that her father and Mansfield were involved romantically. Nevertheless, her assertions could have been for publicity, as Levy capitalized off his association with Mansfield for the rest of his life. You know, if I was her, I would have scored, like, I would try my best to score, like, more brand deals, you know, get more, if she felt like her career was declining. You know, according to the tabloids, they said at this time, in 67 and 66, you know, her career was on a decline. So she could have done, you know, like modeling ads for catalogs, commercials, you know, um, be the presenter at all the award shows back then or mm-hmm. become a full-time Playboy model, you know, join Hugh Hefner polygamy thing or anything just would have been better than Anton LaVey. Just yes. saying. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think you can get too much worse. I mean, it's such a drastic move to even be photographed with him. Yes. And she had been talking about how she'd been a devout Catholic. So this, that kind of threw me off because I didn't read the, I, di- I didn't find anything about, about him. An- Anton Leroy, right? Is that his name? I think it's LaVey. I LeVay, think, sorry. yeah. No, you're fine. <laughs> And um, I didn't find anything on him until towards the end of my researching. And I'd always seen her just talk about her being a devout Catholic. And if she's having a career slump around this time, part of me feels like maybe this was a publicity stunt. Because she did go to extremes with her publicity stunts. I mean, even the very famous iconic image of her and Sophia Loren like that was a publicity stunt that was a party for Sophia Loren I want you to know that there's an iconic photo (laughs) that in America we love and um, there's a phrase in America called side eye it's when you're sort of put off by somebody and you look at them out of the corner of your eye and this iconic photo This is 
a photo that people say was the original side eye, the very first ever. I don't know, because that was the first time I was in America. Yes. And it was a party for me, and many actors, wonderful actors, were there. And then the last one to come in was Jane Mansfield. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I saw her on the door, I said, my God, we, I, I'm going to have a fit because I, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to me because, uh, I mean, if she moves, everything moves and it's a disaster. <laughs> yes. So she, so she came in, she came in and what did she do? She was doing like this on the table, yeah. and, and that was the look. Yeah. I mean, they really are. They are. They are right. They are but on there the table. Was, but there she was already fine because she was sitting down. Right. So yes. I was relaxed. You were relaxed at, yeah. at that point. You were completely yeah, relaxed. Yeah. And I wondered because she was such a career woman. She really made sure to get her paycheck and her roles and her and work that and she was always very proud that she's the sole provider of her five kids mm -hmm. so part of me feels like maybe to get the people talking get the press talking that she spent some time around him yes and <sighs> that publicity stunt just went too far she was trying to get away from being compared to Monroe and she was looking for a way that would set her apart and boost her career you know past the Mel and Monroe standard just being with him was just the wrong choice do you feel like she was been a successful singer honestly after hearing her voice in um the girl can't help it I think she would have been a great singer would you have liked to see her trend position into that because she most solely focused on acting I felt like that was even though she like you said she was great at publicity stunts she was very career oriented I felt like she limited herself and that was the actual problem because she, she could have went into singing I've always thought that she would have been a great singer she would have been a great singer and I I wonder I mean, I also felt like she should have done more dramatic roles, like The Wayward Bus. I felt like she was great in that, and that was part of her trying to distance herself from the blonde bombshell, the Marilyn, um, uh, not, not a stereotype, it's the, the image, the, the branding of her, and she would, have been an, she would have made an excellent singer, she would have been a great dramatic actress. I'm trying to think of what else she would have done, I mean... She was pretty smart, too. She had, she learned a few languages. She was bilingual. Oh, yeah. She could um, speak five languages, and she had a high IQ. Yeah. And she played several instruments. Yes. So I wonder what she could have, I think the world, really, like, endless possibilities for her. But it seemed like she really, I, I, I can't tell if she just really liked that image of being the, um, the sex symbol? Yes, that. Because even there was an interview where she's asked and she was like, how long can you keep this up? And she was like, forever. <laughs> <laughs> but she was, she's iconic. I feel like she 
Jane Mansfield doesn't get the credit because she influenced women like Anna Nicole Smith and um, Pamela Anderson. Even though Mm -hmm. they give their credit to Marilyn Monroe, but they always gave me more Jane Mansfield. Yes. Especially Anna Nicole Smith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially Anna. So do you feel like um, Jane... Okay, do you think if maybe she would switch up her image, that would have helped like go from blonde to red or from blonde to, you know, jet black or brunette? Do you think that would have helped or no? Hmm. That I think I think it might have because originally she wasn't a blonde, she was brunette. And then the studio made her dye her hair platinum blonde so she would be the, their next Marilyn. So I wa- I think in that changing of times into the 60s, from the 50s to the 60s, when, you know, other other icons were, were becoming looked at and uh, getting attention, like Audrey Hepburn, she became one of the biggest stars of the 60s, and the 50s blonde bombshell image was kind of no longer... Um, the standard? Kind yeah, of? it wasn't yeah. the standard, and it it wasn't... I don't know, some people... I forget what what I read about it, but it was being faded out, phased out. And um, if she dyed her hair and, and, you know, continued to be an actress and to get more dramatic roles, I think it would have been almost like a comeback. It could have been... Maybe it would have branched out for more opportunities and she wouldn't be seen as just, just this one thing, this, like always connected to Marilyn, this Marilyn lookalike, you know, the there would be more opportunities her way. Stay tuned for part two.